welcome to the I Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. A lot of things happening in the barbecue world. I've got a couple of updates. Uh, first of all, if you have not signed up for the smoke sheet, you need to. Uh, we were just uh, we were mentioned on that for our last episode with Sunbird. So uh, make sure you sign up. Make sure you read. There's a lot of cool uh, information. In fact, uh, for today's guest, uh, there's a nice little write-up in there too. So uh, we'll get to that here in a bit. But um, yeah, I wanted to give kudos to A's Barbecue and Moose, our friends at Moose, and uh, and obviously Horn as well, um, who were in the New York Times um, last week, which is pretty awesome. Uh, California barbecue is booming, and we're here to stay. Um, so very, very proud of our friends there. Uh, also, don't forget, we're getting really close to this heart, uh, Heritage Barbecue event which is happening August 8th. So you're not going to want to miss that. I'm going to have, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be recording that day, interviewing a lot of folks. So the, the folks that couldn't make it out, I'm going to try to give you as much content as possible. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, all right, getting to our episode. Uh, in this episode, I interview my buddy, Tyler Harp. Tyler has been absolutely crushing it lately. With recognition from national magazines and getting invited to cook with Hoodoo Brown at the Windy City Smokeout in uh, in Chi Town, and uh, also having his very first Heart Barbecue Fest in his hometown of Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, which uh, was just incredible. Hope hope to make it down next time. Uh, so he's done tons of collabs, and he's actually coming back to California. Uh, for uh, for Heritage's one-year anniversary uh, on the 8th, August 8th. So, you know, this will be his encore performance. He was actually at the grand opening. So looking forward to seeing Tyler in, uh, in about a week or so. So Tyler is just a passionate young man. He's got an amazing talent. He's focused on putting Casey back on the map as a barbecue powerhouse. He was voted Best Barbecue in KC by KC Magazine and most recently named in the Top 41 Best Barbecue Joints Across America by Thrillist. So he's he's well on his way to, to definitely put uh, KC Barbecue back on the map. Um, not that they've ever left. Obviously, the American Royals there every year and uh, a lot of very talented folks, but uh, Tyler's, you know, paving his own way there. Um you're not going to want to miss this show. This is Tyler Harp of Harp Barbecue. I hope you enjoy the show. Man, today's a big treat for me. I'm sitting with my really good bud, uh, Tyler Harp. Uh, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks so much for uh, for hopping on. Yeah, I'm excited to do this with you. I know we've talked about it a few different times, and then the world went crazy for a while, and... Uh... <laughs> and and now uh, hopefully we're getting close to back on track and here we are. Yeah, a couple of years ago we were partying in my backyard, cooking some steaks with uh, with the old Moose and Heritage, and no re- they had no restaurants yet. A lot has changed since then. A lot has changed. Yeah, those guys have stepped up big time, and it's been inspiring to see. You know, I know. Uh, Andrew and Michelle, they worked really, really hard to get their uh, brick and mortar open, and that's really cool to see with all the different taps and beers, and I'm really excited to get there. And then 
Yeah, you know, Danny and Brenda and Nick and everybody at Heritage, you know, they're the same way, grinded it out and kind of changed the culture of what's going on in Southern California barbecue. So it's an honor for me to call all those people friends and you a friend and get to spend time out there. You know, it's a beautiful place, but uh, great people. And it's just uh, it's just amazing to go out there and see how the California scene has changed just in the last two years, let alone the last five years, and then for people that have seen it even longer, over 10 and 12 years, which I haven't, but I'm sure that's even crazier because a lot's changed in California. Yeah, and, it, and, you know, a lot of times we think, well, we, we've we hit a peak here, and, you know, Texas barbecue is going to slow down a little bit, but uh, it's not the case. It's not the case, and everybody, uh, in fact, you're doing so many cool things. I was like, man, this is perfect timing to get Tyler on to talk about all of these incredible things that he's doing. You're just coming off of uh, off of uh, an event that you put on, um, so we'll get into that a little bit later. So um, let let's start kind of with way back. Let's do a quick summary of of um, where you're from and where you grew up and kind of your influences, and then we'll get into uh, kind of the present stuff that's going on right now. Yeah, I uh, I grew up right here in Independence, Missouri, where I still live. It's just we border the east side of Kansas City. Um, so I grew up with my dad, his brother. They were on the competition scene. They cooked. That was a big deal here, still is to this day. Um, but it was just kind of really taken off in the early, mid-90s and stuff when I got to be around it as a kid. And uh, so as far as, uh, you know, my childhood goes, the best memories I had were being with my father and uncle and uh the friends they cooked with at the barbecue competitions and then playing baseball. So, you know, right. Um, I got to do barbecue contests pretty much right until about high school, give or take. And then, uh, my sophomore year, I went to work for the Royals and I worked there for five years. So, uh, the things I loved, I was always kind of around a little bit. And after that, I, uh, you know, I kind of got into the service industry after working with the Royals and, um, I got into doing some high volume bartending and working in steakhouses. Um, and so, you know, always kind of close to around meat and around live fire cooking. Um, I had worked in a butcher shop at one point for a handful of years. Um, so it was kind of weird how it was just something I'd always been around, you know. And uh, when I turned 30, I was uh, at a point in my life that was uh, five years ago, and I wanted to do something different than just work in the steakhouses and do this and that, and uh, I, I kind of just found my passion through cooking barbecue and doing it a lot and, and making a lot of bad food, as they say, and just trying to figure things out, and you just, I think, you, you get addicted to that chase and the addiction of trying to make better food every time you cook, and uh, yeah, the bug bit me pretty good, and um so I decided we were going to do barbecue and there's, you know, in Kansas city, there's no shortage of places. And, uh, I decided that I was just going to take my time and do my homework and try to develop something unique for Kansas city at the time. Uh, we had over a hundred spots. I think we're about right at a hundred now, still 90 to a hundred. And, uh, so I just wanted to develop and bring something different here. And I wasn't sure what that was, but I'd grown up on the competition scene and seen a lot of, you know, I don't know if, if you would, could call competition barbecue almost the original craft barbecue because, you know, it was people kind of um, babying meats and doing low batch and turning in the six best bites off one brisket or the six best bones off a slab, whatever it was. And so, um, 
you know, I knew that it could be done at a real high level because I had seen it done. And so I just kind of sat back and cooked. And um, my uh, the way I cooked, it was, you know, relatively simple. I liked cooking with fire. Um, that was a big part of it for me was I, I love the offset smokers. And, um, you know, so I started cooking and um, kind of just dabbling around at the house. We were making rubs and sauces and doing different stuff. I had no clue what we were doing. And um, Daniel Vaughn in 2016 wrote an article called Limp Brisket. And this happened to be right about the time we were starting out. And uh, it kind of pissed my dad and his brother off because he was just basically talking shit on Kansas City Brisket. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it kind of fired those guys up. And they were like, well, let's go to Texas and see what they got, you know. And and so, you know, not even, you know, we pretty much planned a trip right there. And less than six weeks later, we took off on a road trip to Texas. And uh, we pulled in real early in the morning. And we pulled in, actually, we were going to Austin. And we pulled into Belton, Texas. I um, mean, there's a place called Shopes right there on the interstate. And, you know, we were just grabbing breakfast, uh, some breakfast tacos. It's like 8 a.m. or something like that. And, uh, but they had like the direct, almost kind of like the OG, like uh, Chud Box cookers, like, you know, like the, the ones that Tootsie cooks on and stuff. They had some of those outside. And I just remember thinking like that was, you know, that was cool. I hadn't seen any of those direct shovel the coals under the grates type cookers in Kansas City. And so even though the place, you know, it, it may not have made all the national lists and this and that, it was like eight o'clock in the morning and we were just getting like a, a brisket taco because we were driving by and figured why not. And uh, so I was immediately like within just a few, you know, within the very first place we went, I was intrigued by the way they cooked. And then so we left Shopes and we drove to Austin. And the first place we went was La Barbecue. Um, and this is when they were still in the food truck. And, you know, we get there at 10 o'clock or 10.30 and, you know, we stand in line, we're 50 deep. And, you know, it's the whole nine yards. The guy behind us was from Boston and uh, he was there by himself. And so we kind of end up uh, just throwing in on a big tray with everybody and enjoying food. And so that was, you know, really my first real Texas barbecue experience. And um, really what blew my mind, I think, and what I think about still, you know, even though I hadn't had a lot of Texas brisket to that point, for whatever reason, the sausage, it still stands out to me. Uh, about that tray and so we leave who, there and we went to uh franklin we had pre-ordered a whole brisket and so we who, went to who franklin was cooking it who was cooking at uh, la barbecue you know i you, am really remember? not sure because i didn't know anybody at the time you know yeah yeah um and so i don't know who was cooking uh because i just i wouldn't have known anybody from anyone at that point and yeah so i've always wondered that too i can tell you exactly when it was it was in the fall of 16 it was in october of 16 so i don't know if that would have been yeah i don't know but i've always wondered that i feel like looking back on it i feel like i saw dylan there but i don't know if that adds up or not so no i don't think so i think maybe because that, that was way back um yeah they were not very far along at that yeah. point yeah well uh, i want to it that's intriguing in, in it's yeah kind of, and i've always wondered the same thing like i wonder maybe we'll ask you saul or something one of those guys because i know he came in um probably a little after that time um so yeah i'll, I'll ask uh, i'll ask you yeah, i would be curious to know because like i said i've always 
looking back at it, you know, they've had so many great guys come through there and cook. I've always just was curious who that was that was cooking that we really mm-hmm. got uh, our first true Texas barbecue experience from. So, so um, we we scanned over the Kansas City Royals. I know you worked with them for a while. Yes. Um, you played ball growing up. What uh, what positions did you play? Oh man, a lot of third base and first base and nice. uh, positions where you didn't have to run too far. Yeah, <laughs> I was a ball player too, so that's why I'm I'm asking. I I played all the way up to um, 18 years old. I played some some city ball at 18, and uh, yeah, man, I caught, I pitched, and and uh, you know I played all of the infield, um, with the exception of shortstop. I was never shortstop, but I was third base. I guess you had a pretty good gun. You got you have you got to have a pretty good gun to play third base. Yeah, and you know anything on the left side of the infield for sure. But I was actually talking with Henry Brum about that this week, and that's what I really like about Southern California because his boys coach baseball. And I was like, you know, I think it's really cool that they're getting the big, the big barbecue influx, and you know, Southern California for as long as I can remember has always had a big baseball culture. So. It, it's cool to see the, the both those merging together in the same area of the country. Yeah, man, that guy's doing su- such cool stuff out in Bakersfield. I was uh, uh, had the pleasure of going out there uh, not too long ago, maybe about a month or so ago. Um, and uh, man, his backyard's like a little festival area. It was he's really, got the really big. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he's he's doing it up. I'm I'm happy for for Henry, and he's he's. Uh, He's doing really well. I know he worked with uh, with Andrew at Moose for for a while. Um, has has worked with him, and he's has given them a lot of tips and trained them. So, yeah, um, yeah really really good stuff. Um, all right, so let's go back. You're still on this trip. You hit uh, La Barbecue, and then you headed over to Franklin's. Is that what you said? Yeah, we had, there was a weird glitch in the system, and so like 48 hours out, give or take, it allowed my dad to order a whole brisket online. And they immediately called us and they're like, you know, we're going to honor this because it happened, but we just want to let you know that usually this isn't the way it works. And (laughs) for somehow there was a glitch in the system that it somehow you guys got through. But usually you had like at that point you had to order a whole because they weren't doing shipping or anything yet. And so if I'm not mistaken, you're supposed to order your brisket like at least like a month out or something crazy amount out. Yeah. Yeah, and my exactly. dad just went on the website and tried, and sure as hell let him through. And he said, not five minutes later, his phone rang. And but like I said, they honored it, and they're really cool about it. So we go by there after a lot of barbecue and pick up our brisket, and uh, we actually went and checked into the hotel because we'd been on the road for fourteen or whatever hours by that point. And we get back to the hotel, and I'd brought cutting board and knives and all that good stuff with me. So. Uh, right after we ate at La Barbecue, I got to carve uh, a Franklin brisket. And, you know, it's probably, you know, that was one of, I had only carved a handful of briskets to that point. Um, so, unfortunately, I wasn't able to really, like, capture the magic of it because I didn't know have a lot to compare it to, you know. Um, but, yeah, still a good experience and just experiencing, you know, how it slice whole and leave the bark on and, um, you know, just the tenderness level of it and how it wasn't falling apart. So 
Um, yeah, that was a really good experience. And then, so we did that and I hit a few spots that evening. And then the next morning, of course, we loaded up at like 5 AM and went out to Lexington. And, uh, that was the first time I met Clay. So Clay was, um, you know, really probably one of the first friends or people I had that I talked to in barbecue very often. Um, we drove out there and Clay had not been, I think Clay started in April or May of 16 and this was October of 16. So he hadn't been there real long at that point. Um, and so we hit it off and, um, you know, just kind of became buddies and I would rattle off ideas to him here and there about this or that when I was cooking. Um, so yeah, Clay was one of the first people that I, uh, you know, really talked to and barbecue and, um, after we left there, we went up to Louis Miller, of course, and and then we went down to Elgin and did Southside, and um, you know, next day went down to Lockhart, and of course, that's always just a, a whole different experience in itself. Um, anytime I get a chance to take somebody to Lockhart, I love to do it because it's just you know, it's 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 really taking a step back in the time there and. Um, you know, I don't the think motherland. Probably, you go to the yeah. motherland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's probably anywhere in the country other than that city, maybe where you could cook with fires on the floor like that, where a kid could just fall in or, <laughs> you, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know yep. that there's anywhere else that you could do that. Definitely not in many big cities. And, uh, it's cool. You know, I know the first time that I was there, I was putting on Snapchat and stuff and somebody called it like the gangs in New York barbecue. Uh, so that's what I always think about. Like when I pull into Smitty's or whatever is that. And then, you know, you got Kreitz's there and, uh, I, I love the pork chop over at Kreitz. Uh, mm -hmm. that's like one of my favorite bites in Texas barbecue. I just, anytime I'm down there, I just, I get that bone in pork chop. I love it. And, uh, you know, blacks is one of the most nostalgic settings of all. So, we got to do all that, and then we came back up to Austin and did some more food trucks. I think we did Valentina's the next day, and we did, uh, I know we went to uh, Styles and Switch that trip. And so, you know, we, we got to knock it out pretty good, and, and, and for the first trip, it was great. And, and, man, I really couldn't tell you how many trips I've been back since, probably over a dozen, you know, and um it seems like if you stay away for too long there's five more spots in texas you want to go to you know i tried to go down to to burnt bean and go see my boy andrew over at butters recently when all that crazy weather happened back in february and uh we were in houston and the next morning we were going to drive over there and and go see andrew at butters and then we were going to uh, go up to 2m and then go to seguin and uh the weather just turned all crazy and we ended up going to new orleans but you know i got to go to blue oak on that trip so you know at least i did get to check one of my bucket list places off and uh, i got to meet ronnie and philip on those trip on that trip those guys are awesome and awesome barbecue spot and anytime you end up in new orleans eating food you're not going to be disappointed so although i can't wait to get to uh, butters and burnt bean both and and, you know, I, I'm always ready to go back to 2M. So, uh, you know, th that'll happen soon for me, I hope. But, uh, yeah, those guys are all killing it over there. So anytime I get a chance to go down, I want to go down and support them. So, Yeah, Andrew at Butters is just uh, is a master, dude. That guy is yeah, – his food's incredible. incredible. Yeah, uh, really cool guy, too. We hung out the weekend of Brett's 
um, in October, Brett's anniversary party, and uh, actually we had a, we were both end up staying down in Austin, and we were staying pretty close to each other, so uh, we went out and grabbed a few meals, just talked barbecue, and you know, really nice guy, and, and right, his food's just absolutely dialed in, so it's cool to see, and I always root for those small town guys, and I'm a little bit jealous of myself, and you know, because I I like, I'd like to be in a small town myself, but I don't think that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Man. So you guys had an awesome trip there. It visited a ton of really great spots. I'm, I'm also with you, man, on that burnt bean. I just keep hearing so many good things about that place and um, just the pictures. I mean, from the pictures, you can tell that that's my kind of jam right there, man, especially the, the Sunday breakfast that folks uh, post on there. Oh my God. Looks like a beautiful setting too. Just kind of classic Texas barbecue, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. I, like I said, hopefully I'll be able to grab my crew and uh, take my guys down there at some point in the near future. That's what I like to try to do every chance I get. So maybe we'll sneak down for like tea and barbecue fest and try to hit up burnt bean while we're in the area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, all this kind of stemmed from uh, <laughs> from an article that that uh, Daniel Vaughn wrote about uh, about uh, brisket in Kansas City, and so you're going back a little bit. I know a little bit of the story, but um, the reason your dad was so pissed is that he was the brisket guy, right? On his uh... yeah, on the on the barbecue team. Yeah, that was so. The way they had their team aligned was. Uh... Right. There was four guys. It was my dad, my brother, and a couple of his buddies. And basically each guy had their own protein they would do. So they weren't, you know, stepping on each other's toes and this and that. So, right, my dad was the brisket guy. And, uh, yeah, that's what he did was cook uh, brisket on the for the barbecue team. So what's funny is to kind of tie that story to come full circle with it. So Daniel writes the Lint Brisket article. We go to Texas. Um we come back three months later. So I, I was just cooking on the backyard smoker before that Texas trip. My dad and I got like a 300 or something gallon offset this guy made, and it was just absolutely terrible. And um, then, we you know, we start getting bigger and better smokers, and they're improving and improving um, each one we get. And so I was working at the ammunition plant right up the street from my house, um, and then we start doing the barbecue pop-ups and that lasted about six or seven months. And then my last day at the ammunition plant, um, I left early, I left at noon and a big part of the reason why I was going away from it. I mean, there was a lot of reasons, but you know, was that our briskets weren't resting long enough because I wouldn't get to the brewery until like four or 5 PM. So briskets wouldn't even be on until like 6 or 7. We'd pull them off at 6 or 7 in the morning, and then we were serving them at 11. So they got a few hours rest, but I knew they needed more. So my last day, I leave at noon or 11, whatever it was, for my job. And I get to the brewery at like noon, and I get briskets on early, and we're going. And I was like really happy with it uh, because I knew they were going to get efficient resting time. And uh, so I just quit my job. And what do you know? Who shows up the next day in line? (laughs) Daniel Vaughn so it was just really like this ironic weird thing that you know uh he had kind of you know um been a part of the kickoff of the journey to and then to the point where I quit my job he's there the very next day and so since I had been working non-stop like I said I was still working my full time and we were selling barbecue and uh 
I was going to go cook with Danny and Brenda um, out in Orange County the day I quit my job. Or I'm sorry, I quit my job, we cooked, we ran our pop-up, and then on Sunday I was flying out to California, and I was there for like 10 days. Um, I was going to cook with Danny and Brenda for 4th of July, and then uh, I just was going to take like four or five days to hang out because I'd been working really hard for a while, and uh, I do that, so I'm in California for like 10 days, and then I'm on the plane back from California, and I land, and my phone had like, you know, a ton of messages and calls and stuff uh, while my while I was flying, and then so Daniel Vaughn released the article when I was on the airplane on the way home, and so I, I just get home to all these messages saying that Daniel Vaughn wrote an article about our food and this and that. So it was literally like as soon as we uh, were done with the full time job, the, he came, the business hit, and it was just perfect timing. Uh, so yeah, you couldn't have written it any better. It was just looking back at it, it's still kind of hard to believe that it happened the way it happened. But you know, I guess when, when you work hard and keep your head down, you know, sometimes some it just gets weird in the lines, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible, man. Just full circle there. Um, and since then, you've had some incredible accolades from other folks. Where, um, well, Texas, well, Texas Monthly was the gospel of Texas barbecue, right? Spreading in, in Kansas city, but you also had Kansas city magazine. Who's your own people that had like the top barbecue joints in Kansas city. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is Kansas city where the American Royal happens and, you know, big barbecue and you're number one on that list. Yeah. Like, so. And that's got, that's got to feel good. And you, you also had, what was the other one? It was a thrillist. With yep. the 41, that was, a, that was a recent one too, right? Yep, the the Thrillist. Uh, yeah, and actually the Kansas City list, it's coming out again in the fall, probably roughly about the same time as the Texas list. So um, it's interesting how much has changed in just two years. And even through COVID, it continued to change. You know, I think maybe, um, I don't know the exact number, but at least three, maybe four new like craft style barbecue spots opened in Kansas City through COVID. So you know, even though it's kind of a setback for the restaurant industry as a whole, um, barbecue in Kansas City seemed to be able to, to keep growing and keep pushing forward. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's different now. We live in such a different time than even 10 years ago to where we have Instagram and breweries. So both of those things are, are, are huge helps. And uh, the, the growth of the craft beer scene, not only in Kansas City, but obviously across the country, um, but as it relates to Kansas City, has really helped facilitate the growth of the craft barbecue scene. So um, it's just something that goes hand in hand, and it's where you're going to find people that generally are willing to pay another dollar or two for a higher quality product. So um, it's really been a great marriage for Kansas City, and um, yeah, a lot's changed in two years. So the list will probably look completely different than it did then, and um, you know. That's what we we want to keep evolving it and keep pushing forward with it. So I think we're we're making strides there, and um, hopefully we'll always be making strides. That's the goal. Yeah, and what's really cool about you is you're you're really pushing for Kansas City barbecue to to kind of um, you know be back in the forefront, right? Because they they were all they've always been known as a as a top barbecue place, but with this whole you know the craft barbecue, you know, Texas barbecue scene that's spreading 
across the world. I would say across the country, but across the world because there's so many p- other people doing it as well. Um, you kind of you're kind of pushing the other folks, which is what you should be doing, right? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's good that. Uh, do you guys have like a bunch of uh, you know out here in California where there's a bunch of folks doing pop ups? Mm-hmm. And it's a Texas style barbecue. Do you do you see a lot of that? Is that starting to grow out there? Yeah, I think there's uh, about six now that are either doing pop ups or have food trucks. Um, so yeah, it is, um, and it's all the way from you know South Kansas to to the west side of the metropolitan on the Kansas side over here to where we are on the east side and the, actually up north. Is a kind of a little hot spot, and then you got a couple guys uh, right in the city. So, um, yeah, it, it is. You you see the same the same wheels in motion that you would see in Fort Worth two years ago or in Los Angeles two years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're we're on the right track and we're moving that way. And um, you know, there's a lot of really talented people here and people that really care. So. Uh, there's a lot of people here that are curious and want to learn, and and I think those are the ones that'll that'll survive and thrive. And um, yeah, you know, just I, th- I think just being curious and open-minded to learning, I think that's the biggest thing that's changed in barbecue, probably over the last ten years, especially definitely since like our grandfathers did it, you know, um, back in those days. And I know you grew up in Texas, so you know, people held stuff close to the vest. And uh, I, I think we're getting away from that, and, and people want to work hard and put in the work, and, you know, we're not telling anybody um, anything that is, you know, rocket science, but I think we're all very um, entrenched in trying to move the scene forward here. So I think that's what's cool is that the young guys here, we're all on the same page that we want to represent Kansas City the best we can do it and put out the best food that we can for the culture of our city. Absolutely. So speaking of, um, I know, well, you're, you're traveling and promoting a lot as well. And recently um, you had an event. We'll, we'll jump into that one here in a bit. But just before this event, and I see this badass shirt that you're wearing. Um, let me see it. Let me take a quick picture of it. I want to post it. Yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll post that. There we go. I got it. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. He's wearing a, a what is it, Platter Day Hoodoo, Hoodoo Brown Platter T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to us about uh, that experience that you just had, and then uh, and then we'll jump into your event. Yeah, so that was cool because actually, um, I don't know how many people know this, but this is the Hoodoo Brown logo. And oh, so, is it? Uh Nice. I got it. Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, I think most people would consider Cody and uh and Chris and Tyler kind of the OGs of doing Texas barbecue outside of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um and so for that reason they've always been a big influence, somebody I've always looked up to. Um so yeah, when I was very first start barbecuing, like I said, and what's funny is this is the Skylight Inn logo. And so both of those guys were at a, so I cooked, when I cooked with Hoodoo, you know, Sam Jones was just a few tents down. So it's funny, you you know, I got these tattoos when I knew nobody in in barbecue at all. And it was really just people that kind of influenced me and and made me want to stick with it. So um, 
Yeah, and then to be cooking alongside him. So Cody messaged me probably back in February or March, and he just said, hey, you know, um, it's looking like Windy City's going to go down as long as everything with the vaccine rolls out as planned. Would you want to be a part of our team? And I was just ecstatic, you know, because, A, it was right at the very tail end of COVID where you hadn't done shit in however long. You haven't been able to plan nothing, this, that, and the other. So just to have a, a trip on the schedule that you were really looking forward to, like that alone was like a, an uplifting thing, you know, because uh, the calendar had essentially been empty for so long. And so – Obviously, when when he asked, I, I jumped at it because you know those are guys I've always that I've looked looked up to, and uh, Tyler is somebody that I've talked to online a, a bunch during my time, and we'll talk sausage and brisket, pork belly, whatever the protein is, or sometimes just life, and uh, you know. So yeah, when we got the chance to cook with those guys, that was a no-brainer. And you know, the Windy City Smokeout—it's a—it's a first-class event and a in a first-class city. So if you've ever been to Chicago, especially in the summertime, you know, you know, you know, it's just—it's—it's it's so fun up there. And uh, we used to always vacation to Chicago every summer from the time I was probably a sophomore in high school until. I was, you know, 22, 23, so for a better part of six, seven summers in a row, we would go at least for a week into Chicago. So be able to, to go back and to help contribute uh, on a small scale um, and, and get to cook some food in Chicago, that was, a, that was a dream come true for us. And to cook alongside the Hoodoo crew and uh, be right between um, Leroy Lewis and the Blue Oak guys who I had met previously, you know, those – it was a fun time and uh, memories for a lifetime for sure. And uh, I took Jacob, who works with me, and so for somebody else on my crew to get to experience that and you know kind of get get under our belt what it's like to do something like that. Um, it, it's you know I'll be forever indebted to those guys for having us because it's it, it's a skill and it's 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 knowledge that um, we now have that we didn't before and. You know, when we get our chance to shine at a big festival, we'll be that much prepared because of this past weekend with the Hoodoo Crew. So, love those guys. They're great people, and they're really doing good stuff. And it's cool to see all the, you know, people always, especially when I post that thing about Kansas City, people are always like, oh, look, Connecticut's there, Connecticut's there, Connecticut's there. And I think that's so cool that uh, they've been able to, to capture that crowd and really put uh, barbecue on the map for Connecticut. So, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. And, I, man, I don't know who does their marketing. I mean, but they, like, their suits that you guys were wearing out there. Yeah. All their all their T-shirts. I have one of their hats that Cody gave me. Yeah. Um, we were, we, we, I met, uh, I met with Cody. I had met him before, but I saw him uh, one time at, uh, at Zavala's. We were both there. Yeah. Um, and he gave me a really cool, <laughs> a really cool hat. Um, but yeah, man, those guys just have some really, really cool things, man. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know who's doing all that, but uh, they're doing. I, a great I got job. a feeling Chris is behind a lot of it, but I don't know that he's behind all of it. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're putting out some really, and you know, the Blue Oak guys, same thing. They have so much cool merchandise. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, one day, you know, we were, we were trucking along, and uh, everyone went into survival mode because everyone's situation was different during COVID, you know, and uh, unfortunately for us, we uh, had the 86th of merchandise for the time being, and 
We, uh, but we've kind of rebranded and got new logos and new stuff. So we're getting ready to relaunch with it and we're really excited for it. I think it's, uh, it's going to be worth it once we get going again. Heck yeah. I'll be on the lookout, man. I'm sure everyone else will, yeah. uh, will be as well. Um, so, okay. So this past weekend, you just had your very first. Is this going to be an annual thing? First of all, I hope so, right? I think yeah, we really want it to be. That's the goal. Um, an annual barbecue festival, and um, you know, I'm still just shocked at how how it went. It's hard to believe. I think I had to get 29 permits for the event. <laughs> so uh, yeah, because we did it at a public farmers market. Uh, the, we had four beer vendors who all had to have city, state and county permits all the food vendors had to have permits we had to have facility permits and so um yeah it was just a lot that went into it and i was in chicago the week before so i'm waking up and emailing and phone calling and doing what i can do from there to keep the project moving along and uh you know it was a lot of work a lot of hours a lot of anxiety and uh to, to see it pay off it was unbelievable and um you know obviously we had a group chat going with all the guys and um you know just to see how much they wanted to push each other how much they wanted to to bring their a game how much they wanted to show out um you know it was like inspiring to me because um you know that was cool we're putting this get this event together and these guys really all of them wanted to bring their a game and so um, i just posted on instagram before we got on but uh, it was one of the things that ryan cooper the barbecue tourist wrote about he said that um he just mentioned that everybody had a different favorite bite from the festival and so um you know we had seven of the newer guys that are doing pop-ups and food trucks around kansas city and then we had uh some of the guys from out of town we had two in from california um hb barbecue and smoke cellar up in northern california who i had cooked with previously up there um we got brian daryl and um daryl and drew and drew right yeah yeah they're good guys and uh they really care and and then they're smart and uh i think they've got a good setup with their winery um their winery's been a little uh it's really had to lock up tight during COVID. So um, whenever they get back going there again, I think they've really got a good setting. Um, Drew's got a couple young boys, so I know his hands have been full. Um, and then, yeah, so we got JQ to come in for Houston, which was a big deal for us because, uh, you know, Kansas City is actually a very underrated taco town, and uh, we've got a lot of really good spots. We've got a – a large Hispanic population, both on the west side of the city and on the north side of the city. And so um, we really do have a lot of good taco spots. I'm not saying we're Houston or we're uh, anything like it's out in Southern California. But, you know, for being in the Midwest, I think it takes people by surprise how good a food we do have here. And so, um, you know, to, for JQ to bring, to bring a different style in and, and, and show um, – show us the houston tex-mex barbecue that was big and i know a lot of guys were excited to see that and andrew uh caskey and his wife um bad wolf food truck in western louisiana uh you know i met andrew down at bodacious working an event with brian and i have followed him ever since and the food he puts out it just looks so freaking good all of it looks i mean like 
if you did a blind photo test between some of the brisket he cooks and some of the ones that they're cooked at Truth Barbecue. You know, you might get a few of them wrong. Uh, that's the <laughs> level of food he's cooking out there. And I think just being in northern Louisiana, he's kind of hidden, you know, and um, a little bit off the radar. So I wanted to give him any platform I could to come show his food off because it's just, he's A, he's just a great person, great guy. And uh, he absolutely crushed it. His food was so good. Um, and then, yeah, Sunbird, they did a brisket torta, and that was just, it was out of this world. So um, we had Grilling with Dad in there, who I, I've done some work with him for Knob Creek, um, and he's just a great grill guy. You know, he knows his way around the flame, and so he did a, a ribeye on a crostini with a chimichurri, and it was a really nice, um, you know, contrast to all the other food. A lot of a lot of, uh, I guess we'll call it KC Mex barbecue. You know, you got Tex-Mex barbecue. And, uh, yeah, so we had a lot of tostadas and tacos and enchiladas and tortas and um, really good food there. So, um, like I said, I've gotten a million uh, compliments about everyone that served food there. And so that's what I've been most proud about is, you know, that. And then some of the guys that just started popping up during COVID or started um, selling at breweries during COVID have um, – you know, they started at a time where not a lot of people were getting out. And so now that people are getting back out a little bit, I thought it was a good time to try and get them a little publicity and because, you know, they're doing great stuff. So we were really excited about it. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it went better than I ever could have imagined or dreamed. And it was nice because all the hard work was, was worth it. And um, hopefully we raised a little bit of money for the Ronald McDonald House. We're going through the financials of everything now to see where we land. But, you know, for us, it's just a, it's a stepping stone. And um, I had no knowledge of what I was doing, which, again, why going to Windy City directly before it, it did benefit me to at least see something uh, before mm -hmm. we did our own festival. And so having no knowledge and no experience and very short planning, I was really, really proud of it and, uh, you know, I, I think towards the future, we'll really be able to raise a lot of money for a great cause here in Kansas City and bring everybody together and, and uh, cultivate an environment of putting food up that we're all really proud of. That's awesome, man. Any any uh, specific highlights or behind-the-scenes uh, story that you can share with us? What what did anything happen? Uh, it was relatively like calm and smooth. You know, there may yeah. have been some stuff that I was unaware of possibly because I was quarterbacking so much. Uh, my head was just on a swivel. Um, but yeah, really, was, there's no. Uh, I can't think of any barbecue confessionals <laughs> 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 that that to come out of it. Um, yeah, if anything, it was the opposite. It almost went eerily smooth. Uh, everybody just kind of fit in and got their food out, and um, yeah. So no, I think I think it was just a great event, and uh, people were really excited to have access to that much good food and to experience those regional styles. And kind of as my, I've been able to travel and see more. You know, my passion has kind of evolved into bringing stuff to areas where it's not readily available which is why at heritage in a few weeks we'll do the crawfish boudin just because when i did that a couple or when i did that last year there i was just trying to think in my head hey what's really good what kind of has like a california kick that they would be into and then b or c what uh what's something that probably isn't being done here and so for me you know the crawfish was kind of a thing like man i bet californians probably love crawfish 
And uh, yeah. so, you know, with the boudin, we mixed it up and uh, we loved it. And I think Lennon's going to help me out with this this year. So I'm excited to get to work with him. He's a uh, he's talented, nice guy and uh, putting out some good sausages there at Heritage. So. Yeah, man. Well, congratulations on your event. That, uh, you know, I wish I could have made it. I was uh, coming off of vacation and uh, actually started a new gig uh, in April. And uh, saw that. Congratulations. <laughs> thanks, man. Already took a couple of weeks of vacation. So I'm like, yeah, I really I can't afford to take off. But yeah, um, yeah hopefully next year I'll uh, I'll head up there. I know Danny wanted to go, too. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to make it out there. I think maybe next year, uh, if you get it going, we'll, uh, we'll I think we'll kind of, um, you know, and I, and I can't wait to have a lot more guys here and more planning and more stuff behind the event. Cause it all just came together very quickly. But mm-hmm. I think the thing to me, at least that made this event so special and we'll probably maybe never be able to duplicate it is just, uh, that like everybody up there for the most part. We got Scott Umshead here, and we kind of we call him the OG. Uh, Scott's a great guy. He's helped all of us along and um, been a great part of all of our journeys. But outside of Scott, you know, really everybody at the festival was just kind of getting started. And to me, that was something that was just really cool because it's like all these people that are, you know, obviously Brian and, and like Andrew and those guys have been cooking a long time, but, um, you know, for all these people just getting started to be in one place and people that I kind of came up and barbecue with and we got our businesses off the ground around the same time. That was, uh, that was really special to me. I think that was one of the best parts of the event. Well, it's, it's good to see, uh, you know, young guy like you that's, that's wanting to spread this around. And I think that it's, it's great, man. I think, you know, spreading the, like using Daniel Vaughn's words, right. Spreading the barbecue gospel. And, uh, yep. and, uh, you know, I'm glad to be a very small part of it as well. And and I can't wait to see you, uh, uh, in a couple of weeks out here and, and try some of your, well, I've already had that boot and that boot ends incredible. You know, what's crazy is that you would think crawfish is huge out here or something like that. My, my wife and I love, you know, Cajun crawfish. Yeah. And crawfish boils and we grew up with that and ca- you know in texas and uh you don't have them here you can't get them it's yeah that yeah, was sucks <laughs> yeah that was kind of the inspiration like i said i want to do stuff where it's maybe not always available so yeah uh can i break like one piece of news too real quick sure man bring it um so we are actually going to do a collaboration in los angeles actually in santa Ana on monday i believe that's the ninth the day after the heritage party yep that's the ninth yes, monday sir. the ninth with my buddy david who owns Fakas island grill it's a it's a hawaiian shop there in santa Ana. uh david and i went to elementary school together in independence missouri and he moved out there and is having a lot of success with what he's doing so um, we haven't finalized all the details yet but if you're in Southern California, be on the lookout for that. We're going to be doing a pop-up uh, the day after the Heritage Party, a collaboration with our friends from Focas in Santa Ana. Beautiful. That's all right. I'm just looking it up right now. Sorry, it took me a quick minute. Um, Focas Island Grill, F-A-K-A-S Island Grill. Cool, man. That's that's pretty awesome. I'll have to check it out. Um, and just looking at the pictures, the food looks incredible. 
Jeez. Yeah, so it looks like they're really doing it right. And uh, <laughs> oh my god, it looks yeah, really good. So, I'll, so I'll like add the said, link. Yeah, I'll add this link to the show notes so uh, folks can click on it. Um, and then we'll also uh, throw some of these pictures up too as well. Yeah, man, great. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's uh, that's uh, that's going to be awesome. You know what you're going to cook for that event yet? Or I'm not a hundred percent positive on that we're supposed to hash that out on the next day or so and then uh yeah we'll go from there and we'll be uh post some menus and details about it as soon as we figure it out but i'm really excited about it uh anytime we get to uh, you know cook for the people of southern california we always really enjoy it they always show us so much love i think we had eight or ten people from california in total for the festival so that was really cool to see people flying from California, coming to Kansas City for a barbecue festival. So um, I love to go back out there and try to reciprocate the love I've been shown. So, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, all right. So one question I did have kind of going back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did y'all cook uh, for the the Windy City Smokeout? What, what were they cooking? Yeah, so um, we did the brisket poutine, which is kind of a classic hoodoo dish, being so close to uh, to Canada where they are. Um, French fries, it's got uh, brisket uh, with a the gravy they make. It's uh, shredded brisket and gravy, uh, and then it gets cheese curds and scallions. It's, it's <laughs> something that I've seen a lot and always been super curious to try, and then I think it, it exceeded – my hopes for it, um, which is hard to do when you see something for that long. Uh, it did, and then um, we did the we did a crispy uh, crispy skin pork belly burning bow bun. And if you have not seen or haven't had the crispy skin pork belly from Hoodoo, it is probably one of the all best bites in all of barbecue. It is ridiculous. It's so good. Um, it's so just it's immaculate it's it's to me it's probably the perfect bite um and so we did that and then we did some hominy as our side dish and um but yeah just to be to see the poutine finally and get to eat it and the crispy uh, skin pork belly both were phenomenal and uh, i know a lot of people in the windy city were happy about that so <laughs> what a, what an incredible experience you're the man of the hour right now so i appreciate you taking some time I know you had a, a prep day today, and uh, and you're you're still working hard. Um, so yeah, keep keep trucking along, man. I'm, I'm you know, I'm sure uh, your pops is proud of you, and and all of us are, are out here. You know, I, I'm happy to your, to be your friend and and to see this progression that you're having because um, just every time I hear or see anything about you you're just it, it's like you're getting bigger and, and, and better and and, and i think um you know it's funny because as we end the show it all kind of comes full circle to something you alluded to at the very beginning of the show was you know we keep waiting to see this this peak or this spike or whatever you want to call it in in the barbecue industry and i and i think there's so many good people and we're all around each other so much, even if it's maybe sometimes just on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. There's so many people that care so deeply and work their ass off so hard that I just, I don't know. I still think it could be going up, you know, because it's just the yeah. iron sharpens iron thing. And 
when you're always around people that care, it makes it a lot easier. So I'm constantly around people that make me better. So that's uh, kind of the vision of our business and where we want to go with it. And, and when you're in the barbecue world, it's very easy to find people that are going to make you better to be around. So we're fortunate to be in the right industry and fortunate to have made so many great friends as well. Amen to that, brother. While we were talking, I did a little bit of research. So going back to your La Barbecue experience. So as Saul took over in 2015 uh, from John Lewis, and uh, but he was there until January of 2016. So I think after him, it was Brendan Lamb, I believe. That would so, probably make sense. So yeah. I'll have to reach out to Brendan. I uh, I talk to him occasionally here and there, and I'll reach out to him as soon as this is over and ask him exactly when he was working at Wild Barbecue. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's got some cool stuff going on too. I know he was on yeah. the Barbecue Brawl show, so it's it's just great seeing people progress and and when you see people you know and they're on national TV, it, it's always fun too. So. Um, again, man, congratulations on everything and all your success. Looking forward to seeing you. Before we close, I always have one last question that I ask all of my guests. And I know you're an open book, but I'm sure we can find something. Uh-huh. Tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Uh, man, what do people not know about me? Um, I spent a lot of time in the hospital as a child, and I think, uh, you know, that's not something I mention or talk about. It's not something I try to draw too much attention to, um, and I don't look for any excuses or any reasons not to, you know, to to, to say that I'm held back or was different. But, uh, yeah, so for me, it's just that. I, I spent a lot of my time in childhood. That's why in the hospital, that's why our event that we chose to do benefits the Ronald McDonald House, who... Um, host families who are coming to the Children's Hospital in Kansas City from around town. So, um, you know, I think that experience uh, has allowed me to kind of live my life the way I want to because I always look back at that and I'm just thankful to to not have to be in the same position that some people can't get out of. And so, um, you know, for me, it's just, you know, it really allows me to attack life every day with uh, uh, a little bit of uh, gratefulness and gratitude and just the fact that, you know, I get to do, I have the option to do what I want to do and not everybody has that option. So I think just, you know, having my perspective changed as a young child was something that really, uh, you know, I was on a life flight, you know, 45 minutes after I was born. So I was literally fighting from the time I was born until, you know, I was old enough to, to sustain. And so for me, just going through that as a, as a, as a baby, as a child, even though, Obviously, you don't remember the stuff when you're young, but growing mm-hmm. up in the hospital, you definitely remember that. And so, uh, yeah, just that, and it pushed me to be where I am today because I always thought we could make excuses or this and that, but that was never what we wanted to do. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just glad that you know I, I was able to get my perspective rattled as a young age, even though I didn't know my perspective was being rattled until you grow up, and then you can look back at it and say, man, I'm really fortunate. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just the the... To always feel like you have the opportunity to do stuff, it's great. So that's why I do it, because the opportunity is there. And we try to create opportunities for ourselves every day. And um, that's why we're so eager to do it, because I remember a time in my life where I, I couldn't move in a bed, you know. So Yeah. Uh, 
Even though yeah. I was young, it played a huge influence on my life, and I think that's why we attack, or that's why I attack life the way I do. So, yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. That's 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 great, man. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, you definitely have a huge heart. And I'm happy to call you my friend. I can't wait to see you in a Likewise. couple of weeks. Yep, um, I will see you out there. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. So yeah, yeah. So just before we we close here, where can folks find you uh, physically and uh, and on social media? uh heart barbecue uh h-a-r-p-b-a-r-b-e-c-u-e uh instagram facebook heartbarbecue.com and uh we're at crane brewing on fridays and saturdays and i think we're gonna start moving to a sunday brunch depending on what happens with any potential mandates so we uh hoping that we can like i said we're looking to move to a sunday brunch menu as well here pretty soon awesome and and remind folks that it's h-a-r-p not e-r in there too yeah that's fine. <laughs> well i do use harper pits uh, so <laughs> you do you use harper and his crew for making awesome smokers um Heck yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny how that worked out and yeah i get tagged in a lot of harper stuff and probably vice versa so uh, <laughs> but you know i don't mind because drew and his his crew they're great guys they're having a lot of fun doing what they're doing and I always enjoy being around them as well. So I'm really looking forward to being out there and hanging out with everybody. And maybe even I can talk Drew into uh, taking me fishing while we're out there. Heck yeah. That guy loves <laughs> doing loves doing that for sure. Yep. Um, I know you're not on TikTok, but if you actually use the hashtag uh, HeartBBQ, there's a lot of videos and pictures of, uh, of you. And uh, there's a guy that's doing like a 99-mile walk or something like that that stopped huh. at one of your places. And it hit, took a video of. Uh, I of think I remember that guy. Yeah, 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 I do. He came last summer. Yeah, yeah. That was so. funny. Yeah, he was walking across. Yeah, I forget what he was doing, but yeah, he stopped by and ate our food. And really nice guy. Um, we get a lot of those of the tourist people. I think every day we get people from Minnesota, so we send them to Scotty's Whole Hog, you know. And we got to <laughs> give our boy Scotty love and. Uh, also, I got to give my boy Trevor love at Bricks Barbecue in Fort Worth because he's he just got his keys to his brick and mortar. So yeah. he's about to open up very soon. And uh, Trevor is one of the best people in barbecue, one of my best friends in the barbecue. So super excited for him and to get down to his place. The food they're putting out is just absolutely dynamite. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be packing up probably on a Saturday after service and driving into Fort Worth here in the next six weeks and uh, checking them out. That's awesome. Congratulations to Bricks. Um, All right, my friend. Well, thank you again for taking the time to to meet with me. Uh, Great conversation. Can't wait to post it so everyone can can tune in and uh, see you in a couple weeks, my friend. Well, thanks for having me, Abe. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got to do this and really looking forward to being out there in a few weeks. You bet, brother. See you soon. As always, thank you for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, please help us reach more listeners by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok at I Crush BBQ Show. Or you can just email me at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.